All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Paul Sullivan, and I'm excited to be announcing the introduction to our first ever Beyond the Field podcast presented by Elevate Sports Media. So I just want to start off with a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a graduate student athlete at the University of Tampa. I did my undergrad at Iona College. Uh, it's also known as Iona University now, but that kind of just sounds a little weird for me to say, but I'm trying to get used to it. Um, I'm a right-handed pitcher um, at Iona. I pitched there for four years, uh, 2018 to 2022. I graduated there with a major in marketing and a minor in finance. And I always knew I wanted to stay in the baseball world, but I wasn't sure at what capacity. Um, I kind of like flirted with the idea of coaching for a while, which you know maybe in the future I'd still love to do. But um, within the past couple months, I've decided um, that I want to really educate myself in the sports agency industry. And uh, I've been working with Elevate for the past few months, and it's really been awesome and really has allowed me to get myself out there, get my name out there, connect with a bunch of different athletes, brands um, in such a short period of time. So we decided that we're going to launch this podcast because it's something that uh, I've been super interested in doing. Um, and I think uh, how I envision running this podcast uh, is something that I should start off and tell you guys. So I want this to be as uncensored and as real as possible for our listeners, because that's what I've felt that I have enjoyed the most. And I really feel like that's how people connect with online um, podcasts, websites, just being real with people and not having a script, not having uh, set things that we want to say. Um, I plan to get one interview out per week uh, where we have a guest on professional or collegiate baseball player. Um, and it's hopefully going to be anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour long. We'll see how, how the time's going, um, see how many listeners we're starting to get, um, and see how much time the athlete has, and really dive into the on and off the field, behind-the-scenes stories of these athletes. Because as I've realized, um, being a college baseball player, uh, I've really been able to connect with a lot of these players uh, more of a personal level and not just on the field level. And so many of these guys have such cool stories. And I just think that being able to use Elevate as a platform to help them get more of their experiences out there uh, is something that could be really cool for me, for them, for the listeners. Uh, it's just something that, like, in the sports world, people love to listen to. Um, stats have become a huge part of today's game. And I don't want, always want athletes to be judged on how they're playing on the field. I want everyone to know their stories of how they got to where they are today. And I think it's a huge, uh, if we can get some following going and, and really get their stories out there, uh, who knows what the, this podcast can do for these athletes. So I think we'll have some fun while doing it. You know, I'm open to cracking open some beers with the guys if they're ever on the podcast. Um, just be completely real with you guys and, and you know, let, let you see the, the off the field side of these athletes and not just what they're doing on the field. Um, my plan is to have two co-hosts, my partner, uh, Nico, who's the CEO of Elevate. He's currently playing, um, his senior year at St. Rose. He's a baseball player, catcher in New York. And, uh, my other partner, Mark Hernandez, he played at Rowan for his first three years, um, then decided his playing career has come to an end, but wanted to stay in sports as well. So he's been great. He's our head of, uh, NIL and marketing. Um, and we're really going to, you know, get this podcast going and get these, get the listeners to hear some, some uncensored stories. So that's just a little brief overview of everything that I wanted you guys to know before the launch of this podcast. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have ever ran a podcast before because I haven't, um, this is going to be new to me. Um, and I hope you guys as the listeners enjoy, you know, coming along for the ride, um, our first interviewee is going to be Alex Katz. Uh, he was recently announced to Team Israel's roster for the WBC starting up on March 7th. And he's also the founder of Stadium Kicks. Uh, we'll talk about this more in the interview, but just wanted to give a little brief introduction before I have him on because how I envision um, starting this podcast as well is as soon as we have them on Zoom, uh, I'm going to put in all the audio for you guys to listen to. I don't want any, you know, behind the scenes, hey, we're going to ask you this, this, and this. Um, be ready for this, this, and this. It's just going to be uncensored, uh, fun, 
and, you know, hopefully informative so that you guys can start to learn what it's like on and off the field and not just looking at the, these, these players' stats. So I hope everyone enjoys. And uh, here's Alex Katz, Mark Hernandez, Nico, and Paul Sullivan. All right. Do you guys see that it's recording or no? No, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's on. Okay. Um, Dude, it's recording well, I, to the cloud. I don't really even know. I don't even know what that means. But uh, we're we're live. Uh, waiting for <laughs> for Alex to come on, and uh, as soon as he comes on, we'll just we'll get it going. I'm so excited for this. I really am. Dude, th- this article that was written was like kind of really well written. Like, like <laughs> if you guys want me to send like, you, a more clear picture. How did you meet this girl? Is she going well, to so, school? Yeah, like she works for the school newspaper, but um, one of my teammates, uh, he's a part of the school newspaper, and then somebody who does the the paper says that it would be, uh, what what did he say? It would, um, oh, it, uh, there would be a clear bias, or I forgot what they said, but like they wouldn't allow my teammate to write an article about me and my business because because this <laughs> the guy said that he would never write anything bad about me. But me, but I was like. <laughs> But but no, but like but it's like, why would you want to write something bad about a student? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. But whatever. So I mean, look, I mean, the girl made did a great job. I mean, it's it's very well written. But like, it it was just so dumb that 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 step even had to be taken. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I thought I said to Paul, I thought it was shorter than it was going to be because of all the questions that she asked. I thought it was going to be way longer because the questions yeah. took me like took me like twenty plus minutes to to answer. Dude, I was I was there for over an hour with her, you know, doing the questions, and I was like, all right, I mean, like, like yes, yeah, this is pretty legit. I mean, like, she's going pretty, you know, in depth. So, like, you know, like, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but it was longer than I thought. If we keep this in, this is a little free ad. Uh, we'll we'll post a link to Elevate's page, but we just had an article written about us um, by one of Nico's uh, school newspapers at at St. Rose and uh go read it if you have the chance it tells you guys a little bit more about us and what do you guys we'll... think of like reaching out to like joe's and pascal kills and like them doing like because i'm sure i know joe's is a school newspaper and i'm sure they have like alumni things that go out um they would they would i think that would be awesome and that they would definitely i i, I don't know about st joe's you probably have a pretty good in there at st joe's but they would definitely be down to do it for like their school newspaper i think that's a good idea i, I think but, it was like, like pascal like, kills trailblazer or something <laughs> I want to see if they. I want to see if they can do one here, but it's like you at St. Rose. Like, I mean, it's like us, but like, I feel like it's different with the the chick talking about it at your school because you were the, the founder of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I don't know. I'm gonna ask. More, more you can ask. Yeah, you know, doesn't hurt. More exposure, the better. That's all it is. That's all it is. Paul, what happened over the weekend? You guys lost two games. Yeah, that's crazy, right? We I uh we we played well. Uh we they kind of came out a little hot. Uh hit a bomb in the bottom of the, in the top of the first inning, like 440 40 foot. Nine. Well, yeah, that was me. Thanks for bringing that back up, but uh <laughs> <laughs> in the top in the top of the first, their three hitter hit like a 440 foot bomb the left field. Kind of set the tone a little bit. Uh they came out. It was their first weekend. Um, they were, they were the better team this weekend. Uh, we came out the second game and beat them 14 to two. So like, we're clearly like capable of like smacking them around when they beat us both times it was by one run. Who was um, it again? Quincy. They're pre-ranked number 23 preseason. Um, Alex just said he's hopping on in a few minutes. Interesting. Where is Quincy? Quincy is in Illinois, I believe they told me. Um, there were some big country boys who love to swing for the fence and some of them did it pretty well. Um, Paul, we're playing, uh, East Stroudsburg this weekend. They, they they were, they were nationally ranked when the season started, but I played against, I played with a bunch of those guys. Dude, they have a kid, they have a kid that we're going to, that we're probably going to face. He's like six, seven and like Chuck's like 95, 96. And we faced him last year. He was gross. Yeah. This is yeah, opening weekend. Yeah, what's the vision in St. Rose? D2. Yeah, so is it um, – are you at home or at Stroudsburg? No, we're at Stroudsburg. We were supposed to play in Dinwiddie, Virginia, at like a neutral site against uh, Cutstown and then Westchester. 
two and two, but then it, it got canceled because of the weather. So now we're going to Strasburg and we're playing Sunday and Monday. Um, double headers at their place. Yeah, it was like eighty-five and sunny here today, but I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. bragging. Every time, <laughs> every time, bro. Every time. All right, we got Alex Katz logging in now. There he is. Alex, let us know when you can hear us. What's up, guys? How we doing? There he is. How's it going? Good. Doing well. How's everyone? Good. So just to let you know, we're recording already. We're kind of trying to make this podcast as real, as uncensored as possible. Um, Nothing like we want to make it feel like we're getting to know you more than like we're recording it for for like podcast purposes. We want to block out some time um, and do this with a bunch of Elevate athletes. Um, with any athletes that we can get in touch in that will help us, you know, grow the following. So um, this is Alex Katz, everybody. Alex, what, what's like an average day like for you? What, what were you up to today? What, what's, uh, what's like a life in a day in the life? Yeah, I mean, it definitely varies depending on the time of year. Um, today, today was a little bit of a later day for working on the gym. Um, usually I split my days in half. Usually, you know, early on in the day I'm working out and spend as many hours as I need to throw and work out. And then as soon as I get home, you know, pretty much through, you know, the evening into the night working on the, working on the shoe company. Yeah. So we're definitely going to get into that uh, stadium custom kicks. We, we, we've all done a little bit of, you know, background research on you. We, we know probably more than you know about us uh, a little bit background on me. I, I play at the university of Tampa right now for my grad year. Um, Mark can introduce himself right now. What's going on, Alex? How we doing? So I'm Mark. I uh, live in the same. I actually live right next door to Paul, funny enough. Um, but we grew up together from North Jersey. I'm at Rowan University right now. I played uh, my freshman to my junior year and I, I hung him up this year. And so now I have a little bit more time uh, to put towards Elevate. But just kind of love getting after it and, and love working with these guys and excited to be on the phone right now. Absolutely. You great, great meeting you guys. You know Nico pretty well, or you've been yeah. working with Nico more than us. Yeah, Alex, this is uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that we could speak uh, sort of uh, face to face now. But uh, but yeah, so you know, started Elevate about two years ago. Paul is kind of heading up this whole podcast thing that we're doing. This has been an idea of Paul's for a while, and when we first started working together, he really wanted to get this off the ground. He's been doing a great job. Um, but dude, I like I. I, you know, I know that you're all in on sneakers and you have a whole like, collection behind you. Like, 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 what do you, I, I'm not a sneaker guy. I have like, I got two pairs of sneakers and I wear them both until they have like a thousand holes in them. And then I go out and I get new ones. I do <laughs> the, the exact same, same thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, how did all, cause I'm very curious. How did all that start? Like, how do you manage that with like, you know, playing at like the highest level of baseball, like out of anyone, man, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the big thing is surrounding yourself with great people um because you know possibilities are endless when you're surrounded you know by great people and all it takes is one bad uh one bad person to you know even if you're even if you're in a group of 30 40 people it all it takes is one bad apple to ruin the whole the whole batch um so you know we have we have 45 people working with stadium custom kicks right now um every single person that works with us is a good person you know trustworthy uh we all work remotely um, so there's obviously a ton of trust and, you know, really knock on wood really have, has been no issues. Um, you know, it, it's been super smooth. Um, obviously, you know, the company has grown a little at a time. It's, it's never, it's never went, it never went viral. It never blew up. Um, just has gradually grown over time, little by little, you know, but obviously been definitely been pretty do- big right now. <laughs> yeah. And no, I've been doing it since 2017. So, you know, five and a half years already um you know six will be in january next january um you know so if you think about it i mean it's it's been a while um but you know little by little is you know through a lot of trial and error you know we're we're you know we're at our current state right now which you know is bigger than i've ever imagined um you know and and who knows where it'll be i don't even know where we're all where i'll be from a baseball standpoint or uh from a business standpoint in a week you know i think one one day at a time exactly really like not even like less than one day at a time like like you know obviously you have long-term goals but you know long-term goals you know as you guys all know are only a thing if you know you put 
you you know you put in the work little by little and really set yourself you know set those short-term goals for yourself so how did it all start what did you know you wanted to get into kicks did you know like cleats were always something that was a passion of yours or what how did it all like where did it start where did it start and obviously we can't see where it's at now i think it started when i got my first paycheck in pro ball in 2015 wow um, I knew that I couldn't last more than one or two years on this on this salary. Um, my my parents, you know, I, I didn't grow up in, in a wealthy family at all by any means. Just you know, normal middle class family. Uh, my parents, you know, worked their worked their butts off, you know, to allow me the opportunities that I have. And I think my first couple of years in pro ball, they were like actually helping me to pay for my rent in the, my apartment. Yeah. You know, and that, and that shouldn't be a thing as a professional athlete. You know, anyone thinks professional athlete, all right, like they're rich, they're making good money, you know, but I, I was struggling to make ends meet. So I, I was never like broke, bankrupt, anything, you know, I, I was always fine, but, you know, they helped me out and I realized like, hey, like, you know, I have to make it to the big leagues in like a, in like a year or two, otherwise it's not going to work out. So, um, you know, I was always thinking of ways to make money on the side, give pitching lessons, stuff like that. I did get pitching lessons. Obviously, you can only do that, you know, when you're home in the off season. You know, obviously now like remote coaching is is popular, but you know that's kind of difficult during a season to do remote coaching and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so my first off season job besides pitching lessons was actually uh, flipping shoes on eBay. Um, wow! Nice. So so I'd work out from like nine or ten a.m. to like two o'clock in the afternoon, three to four hours. I drive to like the local Nike outlets or Marshalls and I would, you know, that was back then. Now it's not as good. They used to have like all these crazy Jordans and Nike sneakers. All the baseball cleats were like marked down to 15, 20 bucks. And I was able to sell them on eBay for like 80 to hundred, 120 bucks. Sometimes when That's you look awesome. out, yeah, you could sell them wow. for a little bit more. Um, and then fortunate enough for me, I was able to keep that stuff running during the season. So I was able to make some money on the side during the season if something ever sold, then I'd have family back home, um, you know, get the item and and drop it off at the post office. Um, so that was good. Obviously, didn't make a ton of money off of it, but, you know, um, made decent enough money that I could keep playing. Um, and then eventually when I played in the World Baseball Classic 2017, um, you know, I was with the White Sox at the time. They were super strict with color regulations. Pretty much minor leaguers had to wear um, solid black cleats. And, you know, that was obviously the biggest stage I ever pitched on. Um, thought it'd be a cool time to customize some cleats and pretty much just start as my pair of cleats, which is right there. That's the first pair of customs. That's um, it right there? Ever. Yeah, that's what started. Can we see them? Can we see them a little more close up? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah. If you give me a minute, I could, I could grab right. them. But, right, um, yeah, that, that, those are cleats I wore in the World Baseball Classic in 17. Uh, posted that made up a new Instagram page just you know it takes 10 seconds just random email and a, a name got all my friends and and teammates to follow us um, I think Danny Wachanski was one of our first like 15 followers because his nice. uh, his college teammate at Pace was one of my good friends growing up um, so Danny was one of our first customers and then um, you know eventually it, it was super small for a couple of years and then obviously and then 2019 is when um i rebranded and you know started adding artists to the team so um 2019 to now is when there was you know there's been the most amount of growth i say uh during covid that 2020 year um, i was with the royals but obviously our, our season was canceled um i had you know plenty of time to you know especially being um locked inside the house all day um yeah i like think that's all. yeah i think that's the year we grew we grew the most surprisingly with a lot of sports being canceled there were still people ordering shoes um hoping that their season would be on um so was able to grow a lot that year um and then you know ever since then you know it's been it's been more people coming to us rather than us reaching out to them the first like four or five years every order was us reaching out to people cold calls dm random dms of random people now it's like you know it's we're we're having you know you know, thank God, obviously, we're um, having a hard time even getting back to DMs, you know, so we're we're, yeah. we're, we're barely cold yeah. calling at all. It's, you know, it's mostly people coming, reaching out to us, uh, which is obviously a great thing. It's a good problem to have. Man. Congratulations, man. Definitely, definitely is a good problem to have. I'm, I'm a little bit curious on 
that time before 2019. I'm just curious, uh, how, how was that? Was that just like a bunch of trial and error or were you like, were you designing them yourself or, or did you have somebody yeah. help you out with that stuff? I kind of want to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, was, so it was 17 and 19. It was just uh, a friend back home. Um, and I, you know, I, I would help paint in the off season, you know, for like four, four to six months. Um, and then during the season, I was pretty much just running the Instagram pretty much in charge of every single order. So every single order that we got, um, I was getting through my personal connections. Cause I was already a couple of years in the pro ball, um, and then connections of my connections. And then obviously the power of social media, like our, um, we first we first really got our name out there in 17 when I posted or when when the those cleats right there, which I'll grab in a minute, um were reposted by what pros were. What pros were um is a big Instagram yep. page showcasing professional cleats. So obviously I was a you know, I was a minor leaguer with the White Sox and playing in the World Baseball Classic, customizing cleats was not really a big thing then. So even though they're not that great, which you'll you'll see that they're they're all right, they're not nothing special um like there pros were, to you, yeah to me it's it really you know it's definitely special to me um but you know they um they reposted them and then um you know a lot of a lot of guys that i didn't know started following us and then you know people started ordering or sending their cleats in just to have the nike checks painted we didn't really didn't know how to paint shoes back then I'm like i'll sh- I'll, I'll grab them now give me, yeah. give me a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah. All trial and error. I mean, that's so he, how all he these startups. He has an artistic side. Yeah. No, Straight hustler, cool. dude. Straight hustler. I, I want to ask him about um, – I saw that he recently posted for the Volunteers, uh, Tennessee, their cleats. So I want to kind of ask him how he got involved with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so you'll see uh, – got to figure out how to take these out. You'll see the paint – as an elevate athlete, we're gonna to have to send you some new AirPods that don't have uh, that don't have the wire connected to the the computer anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we gotta hook our guy up. <laughs> if I, but if it um, if I connect it to this, there's like you're cutting out a little bit. Can you guys hear him? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we lost out. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you hear me? That's about, that's yeah. About, yeah, yeah. So I have this like. Uh, this Yeti mic, so it, it works better with the wired uh, headphones. But I'm just uh, around with you. yeah, this is uh, those wow. are the yeah. So pretty much just painted the Nike check, some like chrome, silver chrome on the bottom, and then like the Israel baseball logo, and they're actually like yeah. authentic. They're actually authenticated by MLB. Dude, that's wow. Cool. So that yeah, so awesome. So if you search up that serial number, you could see uh, on MLB.com. Oh, nice. Oh, so cool. But as so you can see, started it all. Yep, there's cracks here. There's chips what on the midsole. So we don't really know what we were doing. Cleats, what fields did those uh, cleats pitch on in the WBC? Um, they pitched in the Tokyo Dome in uh, Japan and the Sky Dome in Seoul, Korea. So they, nice. they didn't have to be black? No, no. With Team Israel, we had, our colors were, um, oh, okay. were blue and gray, blue and silver. Awesome. Very cool. So yeah, that's sweet, man. one more question I have about uh, stadium kicks. Um, so I saw recently you guys posted like for the volunteers, Tennessee. Yeah. And how does that work? So are you trying to get into the market of, of creating cleats for universities or SEC power five schools? Like what is, is there a plan there? Did they reach out to you? Kind of what, what happened there and how did that all transpire? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've worked with a lot of, a lot of schools over the last few years, probably the most in the last year or two. Um, you know, last year we did the whole Tennessee baseball team. They were number one in the whole country in the country the whole year. I um, had to play them last year and they put up a yeah. 31, 31 to two spot on our head or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, they're 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 nasty. They're nasty. Um and this year, um this year we did cleats for the entire team for Tennessee and LSU, who just happened to be number one and number two. Uh, so oh. that's great. Uh, that's obviously great um, publicity for us. Uh, St. John's baseball ordered as well. Um, obviously, we have to hook them up because that's that's where and I played. Yeah. yeah, that's where I played. So, yeah, those are the three baseball teams we work with this year. You know, maybe there'll be more that come up. Um, we work at a lot of college basketball, a lot of college uh, football teams. We do a lot of the uh, coaches versus cancer stuff for college basketball um a lot of football stuff we did um baylor football this this past year we did ucla football 
that was uh their the whole football team. So that that was a lot of a lot of cleats that right there. Awesome, good stuff. <clears throat> Alex, I, I got a I got a quick question for you too. Um, and I think me and you maybe even talked about this on one of our phone calls, but you know, you kind of went into exactly why you got into the whole shoe game and you know, like customizing cleats and all that. But have you seen maybe? some sort of like enhancement in your game and or maybe like when you play um, or in training, like you're not as consumed with baseball as, as like some players are, you know, because like, at least for me, like back in high school and like early on in college, like my performance in baseball, that like determined my mood for the day or the week or, you know, like whatever it is. And I was banking on like, dude, like, like if I kill it, I'm going to be through the moon. But if I'm struggling, like it, it really took a hit to like, you know, my personality and how I was feeling stuff like that. And then, you know, I started up Elevate and right after practice, I either had phone calls, I had work to do, or I was doing research, I was sending emails. And all of a sudden I wasn't thinking about baseball, whether I did good or bad. And this was my sophomore year. And I, I happened to have an incredible sophomore year. Last year, I, you know, um, I played pretty well. And I've seen that, like I've added something to um, just like myself as a person. I'm not just like a college baseball player anymore. Like I'm not just like a student anymore. It's like now I have this other piece of me. Like, have you seen that that has helped you at least? Cause like for me, it was like a, life-changing like baseball career changing moment that like that i realized yeah I like yeah that. i think uh physically and mentally it's helped uh for sure even though uh i've less time to relax um before i started the company I, it wasn't really relaxing even when i was relaxing i was constantly thinking about baseball thinking about my performance yeah. thinking about practice um i think to be the best possible player you can be in any sport you have to be able to um, have an on and off switch, uh, for the, for the men, for the mind. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, has really helped me, uh, from a baseball standpoint, because, um, those first few years in pro ball, even though you look at the numbers the numbers are pretty good. I, I was a, I was a mental case, um, you know, and I wasn't, I definitely, even though numbers were pretty good, I definitely was not performing my best, um, because I was, you know, thinking about baseball 24 seven. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I haven't been made to the big leagues yet, but you know, there's a reason why I'm, I'm still playing professional baseball um, and not to knock on anyone, but you know, most players that were drafted in 2015 are already have already moved on and are playing another sport. So, you right. know, I'm, I'm grateful for all the opportunities I've gotten. And I think a big part of that is, um, you know, being able to just just understanding uh, myself better and and what works best and you know how to turn that switch on and off uh, because there's no way I could be thinking you know I, this is what eighth or ninth year in professional baseball there's no way for nine years straight or even plus those few years in college that I could be thinking about baseball every second of every day uh, yeah. I probably would have wanted to quit already by now. Hundred percent. Tr- transitioning a little bit more into into. Um baseball now you were drafted in 2015 uh like by the chicago white sox right so what was kind of like you bounced around a bunch and then you found yourself playing for team israel in the the world baseball classic what like is the communication with with team israel how does like one get get picked by you know their their country to go represent them and go play for them um, you were bouncing around. Do you, did you have an agent that helped you do that or kind of just some behind the scenes for, for the listeners of like what it looks like to go and, and play uh, for Team Israel? Yeah, so I, th- I think my initial contact, like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what goes on behind the scenes. You know, I may never know what happens behind the scenes, but yeah. my first contact with them was actually my freshman year of college. Um, so that was fall of 2012, spring of 2013. Uh, Team Israel was in the WBC qualifiers in Ju- in Jupiter, I believe, in and September. John. Yeah, September of 2012. So this was like my first month in college, so fresh out of high school. And I think I emailed or Facebook messaged um, someone at the Israel Association of Baseball. Um, I'd love to play on the qualifying team. And they said that it was pretty much just for professional baseball players. But they'll keep my name down or they'll stay in contact with me uh, for the next WBC qualifier, which, you know, that was four years later. So, you know, hopefully the goal was to be in pro ball by that point, which I was. 
Um, so that WBC qualifier had like Jock Peterson in his like first couple of years in pro ball. He was in like single A or maybe even double A at that point. And I think they lo- they got walked off against Spain in um, I think maybe even extra innings or the ninth inning, uh, the championship game. So they just missed uh, qualifying for the main WBC tournament for 2013. Um, so by summer of 2016, this was already this was my first year in pro ball with the White Sox. I remember getting an email. It was like just a random email with like five or six other players and CC'd in it. And they say, yeah, we're trying to put teams together for the qualifiers in Brooklyn in September. Uh, this was like a week after the minor league season ended. So it worked out perfectly. I don't think there were no current big leaguers on the team because MLB season was was still going on. Um, so there were guys with big league experience, but not currently in the big league. So it was a lot of AAA and like guys that were up and down that year. Um, on the team, I was like the second youngest. I think Dean Kramer, who is now a starting pitcher for the Orioles, was um, yeah, name sounds the, familiar. Yeah, I think he was the youngest. I was second youngest on the team that year. Um, we only played three games. I did not pitch in any of the games. It was pretty much Craig Breslow and some and Jason Marquis and some of the older, more reputable names pitching in those three games. Um, and we won all three games. We made to WC the main world baseball classic. Um, it was pretty cool that qualifier cause it was back home. You know, I'm, I'm from long Island. So not too far from the cyclone stadium. Um, all the cool. family got to go to those games and, um, I didn't know if I was going to make the tournament cause I didn't really, I didn't pitch and I didn't really get to prove myself. Um, but you know, I made, they, they let me know in January or February that I made the team and, um the White Sox invited me to go down to camp early so I got to work out with a lot of big league guys and uh sit and eat lunch with you know because in February 15th it's only the major league guys that were there so you know right right before yeah. I reported with Team Israel was having lunch with you know Chris Sale, Todd Frazier, Jose Abreu, <laughs> all these guys in big league camp with the White Sox that was pretty nice. special and then um once mini camp started we were in we were in Scottsdale so you know took a 20 minute drive to Scottsdale and you know I was already in Arizona it worked out great and uh, yeah that was a that was a fun year a lot of how are you getting how was like how are you getting treated when you're traveling and and like do a lot of people you know notice you is it like are you how many people were you playing in front of like in in that like qualifier things like that yeah the qualifier didn't have too many fans but the fans yeah. that were there are very loud. There were a lot of Team Die Israel hard. fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's just say that stadium in Brooklyn holds like 6,000 fans, maybe like two or 3,000, like half full maybe. But those those fans were into it. Like it wasn't like a typical minor league game with, you know, half capacity. Um, and, cool. then, and then game one in Korea, um, I think it was sold out. That, that stadium holds like twenty five or 30,000. Um, the next game against, um, Taiwan and Netherlands was not as crowded because obviously we're in Korea. So the Korean fans don't care about Israel versus Netherlands. Um, and then when we advanced to Tokyo, to Japan, uh, second round in the Tokyo dome, that's a bigger stadium that holds like 55 or 60,000. Um, I don't think it was too crowded against Cuba. Um, Netherlands, we played them again. It wasn't as crowded, but when we played Team Japan for Game Six, um, there were about fifty-five, sixty thousand fans there. That was wow. that was super loud. And you know what the craziest part of that game was? Batting practice. Two, two, three hours before the game, there were about thirty, forty thousand fans there for batting practice. Like you, you go kind of catch home runs or what? What was not even, there? not even like you go to a World Series game. I think I've been to one World Series game years ago. Um, and it wasn't that crowded that early. Um, it yeah. was it was wow. incredible. It was a, it was like a whole nother event before the main event. Um, yeah, fans aren't allowed to keep uh, BP home run balls. They actually have security guards in the outfield in Japan, and they have whistles. And when the ball is coming over the fence, they blow the whistle. It's it's actually really funny. Um, and then they have, the fans have to give it to security guard. Security guard throws it back on the warning track. We said screw this, and the players were flipping the balls back on into the stands after they threw them back on the field. Like we were, we were, we were having a blast. So interesting. Are there any other uh, like cultural things or cultural aspects that uh, you saw differently while you were over there? I definitely wanted to. Yeah. I had, I recently had the opportunity to go to the Dominican Republic and it's just so different, but so cool at the same time. Yeah. In, uh, in Japan and Korea, there's no fans cursing you out. 
Wow. <laughs> There's no rowdiness. It's just loud music. So they, they, so when you're in the field, right. When, you know, when I'm pitching, when we're on defense, um, all the players have their own walk-up songs, but it's not over the loudspeaker. It's actually bands with like trumpets uh, in the outfield. Um, like and they're, yeah. And they're playing the, the walk-up song, the whole at bat. It doesn't stop when the guy steps in the batter's box. Well, so there's all this picture you're all, pitching with a song going in the background too. Yeah, and all of it's like old school Japanese music, like super traditional music, like that means, you know, like, that means that those like, sa- like <laughs> yeah, like samurai stuff, like intimidating music. Those and you're on the you're on the mound, like shaking with like shivers <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh wait, so the, wait, so the, the, there must be constant music going on, like going all throughout the game, pretty much. Then, right? No, because when they're when they're pitching, it's like dead silent. Oh. Okay, I see. I see. Oh, so that's just, like a, a competitive advantage almost. Yeah, totally. no, for sure. That's Total that's why Team field. Japan is so nasty, right? Yeah, wow. that is int- those those guys those band players probably have lungs of steel playing that long. Yeah, all all <laughs> game. All game. That's a lot of time that they're <laughs> they, that they're blowing into the instrument. But if you think about it, right? Like the U.S. is just one country that plays baseball, right? You have all the Caribbean countries, you know, Latin America, South America um you know in asia pretty much every country except the u.s they're they're playing music the whole game that's what right. i wanted to transition into too you just finished a season over in puerto rico right you got to play yeah. over there with um the, the indio i don't want to botch it indio yeah. and um, yes and can you kind of talk about that experience like i've talked to a few athletes who have went and played overseas and one thing that they talk about is the communication with teammates and coaches. If you don't know their language, you know, like you're not, you're not communicating as much as you would like to with teammates. So what, was it hard to communicate with guys? Was there, you know, the guys who spoke like the same languages as each other, did they click together more than like, or did everyone, did they try to find ways to, to group the whole team together? Yeah. I mean, I'd say in Puerto Rico, almost everyone speaks English. Um, you know, some not as great as others, but, you know, if you need to communicate in English, you can, um, especially in the baseball atmosphere, because most of the guys, um, most of the guys on the team have lived in the States or live in the States, um, even the native Puerto Ricans, you know, they played college baseball or professional baseball in the U.S., um, even in the, you know, public or private high schools in Puerto Rico, most of them learn English. Um, so yeah, it wasn't too hard to communicate. I, I took Spanish for six or seven years in, in middle school and high school. Um, obviously f- I forgot a little bit of it, you know, between high school and college, um, uh, just cause if, you know, you don't, you don't use it, you, you lose it, you forget it. Um, but then it started picking up again once I got signed with the White Sox. Um, so not as good as I used to be with it, but, uh, can, you know, can get by if, if someone doesn't speak English, I could, uh, I could definitely have some sort of a conversation in Spanish um, for guys like Danny and maybe some other teammates. You know, I don't, I don't think their Spanish was as good. So it might've been a little bit harder, but for the most part, at least every player in the team spoke good English. Um, and I think co- all the coaches did as well. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Danny, awesome. Danny, Danny's probably fluent now though. He was you got little, it. I mean, yeah, if you're there, there for longer. however many months, you're you're starting to em- embrace yourself and their culture, and and you want to be able to communicate with your teammates. You want to be able to, you know, go out to to eat with them after the game. Or what was like the off the field experiences like at Puerto Rico? Like, were you guys going to the beaches? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the the apartment was on the beach. You're in, Puerto, so. you're in Puerto Rico, so you might as well have some fun too while you're there. Yeah, yeah. Now the, the beaches are great, especially on the west coast uh, where Mayaguez is. Um, so especially those first two weeks where we had spring, like spring training and like fall training practices. Um, you know, we are done by noon, so you know we could go to the beach every day. Definitely some really nice beaches, and it was a pretty good beach right behind the apartment, which is about 15 foot walk from the back door. Can't um, complain. So yeah, there are plenty of Plenty of beach time in Puerto Rico. Um, obviously a grind too, because you know you're playing games almost every day. I think there might be one off day a week, um, and all the road trips were like two hours away, and you have to drive yourself. Uh, no oh. buses, so yeah, definitely, definitely a, a grind from the travel standpoint. Um, but you know, definitely a great experience as well. 
you got any like off the field stories like driving back like any like through the through the worst parts of puerto rico or or was it all yeah you know, was it nice yeah so um this was within one week um i posted so so my roommate and my roommate and i or teammate and i uh andrew gross he he would usually drive to the away games and then i would drive back so i'd get the night shift he would get the day shift um it, it worked out pretty good and i remember he was driving and i posted my instagram story like a time lapse right where you just yeah. you know i held my phone up for like five minutes but it sped it up made it like a 10 second clip i put it on my uh my instagram story um like is andrew a good driver like just joking around and you know most people said yes um but it looked like he was driving 500 miles per hour even though he wasn't um, oh, man. right and everything was good then i drive back on the way home right and the speed limit's like 55 on the highway and i, I was going 55 the whole way right this is like one in the morning because it's like you know it could have been extra innings or something or we had, we had to get food after the game um yeah. so that took maybe like a half hour 45 minutes so it was like midnight or one in the morning no one was on the road and i'm going 55 the whole way then i go start going down a hill and like my foot's not even on the gas and the car just starts speeding up and it went to like 68 70 right which in new york like on the highway everyone's going 70 like you don't get pulled you're over getting away with that yeah for for going 65 70 you get pulled over if you're going like 75 80 plus on the highway right and I guess the police officers, they know that every car has gone over the speed limit at the bottom of the hill because there's a big hill. And I get pulled over, of course, on that same oh, on that same no. day and get like a three, four hundred dollar ticket oh that, that, that same day where I'm kind of making fun of Andrew's driving. So that was that was like karma right there. That's and it. then like a day no. or two days later, 10 minutes into the drive, we get a flat tire um so just so travel yeah. travel there is tough i mean like you're you're driving yourself to games and and you're not in a team bus where you know the bus driver is paying that ticket that's coming out of your pocket exactly yeah and in the u.s like that would that would never happen because you're taking a you know you're taking a bus so you don't have to worry you know you sit back relax and uh you don't have to worry about driving yourself but yeah no i guess that's that's the only thing about puerto rico uh, the infrastructure isn't 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 that great definitely needs a lot of a lot of work um the country is absolutely beautiful but the roads have a lot of potholes in them you didn't uh you didn't get any pass for being a professional baseball player over there at the time you were like hey like i'm driving home from a game right now like uh, no, sorry. No. no no but i heard he gave me a fake ticket i heard it wasn't actually entering the system so yeah there was a it was a little. Oh, did you think he just pocketed the money? You think? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't pay him. I didn't give him any cash. If it was another country, maybe that would have happened. But yeah. um, I was about to say, like, if you paid him or not, because I Paul, I thought the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I may have paid him. I may not have. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? What What happens in Puerto Rico stays in Puerto Rico. Exactly. So the, the the upcoming WBC. When do you leave for that? How has training been looking? Um, how's your arm feeling? How, how's everything feeling? Yeah, no, the arm feels great. Um, I don't, I don't know the exact reporting date yet. I think around March 6th or so, something like that. Um, so in like three, three and a half weeks, um, down in Florida, but yeah, no, definitely ready. Um, you know, a lot can happen. Um, it's going to be in Palm beach. I think there's oh, exhibitions cool. against the Marlins and the nationals, um, cool. before, yeah, before the main tournament, but yeah. A lot, a lot can happen those next three weeks. You know, obviously, you know, maybe or not obviously, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe find out which team I'm playing with, um, whether it's an affiliate team or back to Atlantic League. Um, you know, so a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot could change in the next few weeks. So, have you been in contact with any affiliate teams or anything like that, or or? Yeah, no, def definitely have, and you know, it's it's always, you know, not just my case, but in a lot of cases, it's, it's last minute. Um, you know, pretty much in in twenty in twenty twenty when I signed with the Royals, it was like a week or two before minor league spring training. Um, and then in twenty one when I signed with the Cubs, it was actually the third week of spring training. Um, they signed me, so yeah, it was it's all pretty much last minute. It's like, all right, we're signing you either tomorrow or the next day. Like, fly out. 
so I'm ready. I'm you always have, ready. I'm, I'm no matter. You got a pair of cleats? Yeah. You got a pair of cleats ready? Yeah, I, I actually not really stockpile. I'm like a doomsday prepper for baseball cleats. I, uh, <laughs> As you should. When, whenever I see cool cleats, you know, or I, you know, I usually buy them and just save them because I never know what uh, what color my team will be. And then, I'm, you know, I can't I can't wear stock cleats, so so I quickly have to get a pair painted up or paint a pair myself um, <laughs> before I leave. I remember the day when I signed with the Cubs, they 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 told me they were signing me, and then like a day or two later, I had to fly out. I, I stayed up late that 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 night painting uh, some Jordan cleats for myself. Um, you can't be the, you can't be the founder I, of, of Stadium Kicks and not have a cool pair of cleats on. I can exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very true. That is What's awesome. that? What's that process like? I mean, you, you might be used to it now, but like kind of sitting around, kind of waiting to see what you're going to be up to. I like obviously kind of going back to kind of what I said before, it might be easier because you, you, you're you occupied with like training and running your business, stuff like that. So maybe it's a little bit easier for you compared to other guys. But like, is this like just a process that you're kind of used to now? Or is it like unsettling or like, like how, how does that go over here? Does I mean, I'm, training, I'm, training stay consistent I'm, too. I'm kind of used at this point because – Ever since a few years ago, pretty much every contract that signs a one-year deal. Um, you right. know, there's really only multi-year deals if if you're early on in your minor league career or if you're a major league player signing a major league contract, because there's no guaranteed money in the minor leagues, right? So there's really no reason to sign more than a one-year deal. Uh, so I'm kind of used to the stress of being a minor league free agent. Um, being a free agent is only glorified if you're uh, Aaron Judge or like a big yeah. name like that. <laughs> Right for ninety percent right. of the, even for major leaguers, right? Like, there's a lot of major league guys who like finish up that year in the major leagues, in the big leagues, right? And it's a stressful off season, right? Because it's not like teams are going going after them. Some of them actually have to go to pro days and throw for teams, even after being in the big leagues a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. You know, just the there's so much competition out there. There's so many. It's worldwide. There's so many guys, so many talented players out there. The game's getting younger and younger. Um, but yeah, professional baseball is super stressful, especially when trying to find a job and, you know, and then you find a job and, you know, maybe you're not paid as well. So, um, you know, right. you know, there's obviously money in baseball, like, you know, but, you know, most guys don't make good money. Um, you know, there's a reason why so many guys retire and so many guys quit because it, it really is not easy. It's it's way easier to get a nine to five job and be making sixty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars um than to play professional baseball you know yeah it was easy everybody be doing it yep actually um i had a question kind of transitioning back to stadium kicks i wanted to ask about ari ari solomon i just want to like hear his story because i see him i saw him all over the instagram and i saw him like in those videos when he's like unveiling the boxes to the players the one with schwerber too i just want to hear like about him a little bit yeah so uh for for those of you who don't know Ari, um, Ari is our head head designer, and he's head of special projects. So he has a he's pretty much like second in command at Stadium Custom Kicks. Um, everyone thinks that he's the owner of the company because uh, he's in the videos with Schwerber. Yeah, yeah. With, with some of the videos, I'm either taking the video or someone else is taking the video. But he's obviously he has obviously a good personality. I'm a little monotone sometimes when I talk. He has more vibrant of a voice, and he also sucks at taking video. So if it's me and him, <laughs> then I'm pretty much the one taking the video. You know, not because I didn't want to be in the video, but because uh, I'm better Absolutely. at taking taking videos. But no, it works out great. Um, you know, he he definitely works works super hard and is a huge asset to Stadium Custom Kicks. Um, is he? Uh, did, so, did you meet him earlier on, or did you meet him? Yeah. Out or so in uh, August of 2020, so this was during the COVID season, uh, Ari started like it's called like a five minute drop. Well, actually, it started with the Selly Forward Foundation. So he teamed up with another one of his friends and an, an NHL prospect um, with the Red Wings. And they started a Selly Forward Challenge, which is, you know, like celebration, Selly and hockey, like scoring a goal. Uh, so pretty much we we're we posted you know, different athletes from different sports, mostly hockey and some baseball posted videos on Instagram talking about like the importance of mental health, especially during the pandemic where guys are not able to play games um, and just, you know, the everyday person dealing with, you know, stresses of the pandemic, you know, and, and how our, how our lives have changed 
uh, during that time. Um, and then like a couple of weeks later, um, Ari invited me to do a five minute drop, which is pretty much where we got on um, uh, Instagram live. You know, I was on one screen, he was on the other from his page. Um, and basically it was, you know, like a five minute podcast on Instagram live. And at the end, so Ari's a graphic designer. Um, at the end, he would present each athlete with um, a canvas, a customized canvas um, of of his graphic. So he took like all these cool photos of me pitching and created a crazy, crazy graphic. And it was on a canvas and he mailed it to me after the five minute drop. And Ari did this with a bunch of different athletes uh, over those few years. Um, so after that, I followed him on Instagram and I saw his cool graphic design work. He didn't, he was doing just freelance stuff. He was still in college at that point. Um, but then I saw he started posting like customized Jordans. So he was actually uh, sketching up Jordan concepts. We, you know, we, we had a website already for a few years. Uh, we were selling concepts on there. Um, we didn't have more than maybe like 50 to hundred concepts on the website. So it was kind of small. Um, and I offered Ari the job, you know, a job like a week or so later. And I said, Hey, are you interested in uh, doing some concepts with us? Right. It's really a stress-free job. Like you don't have to do any certain amount of concepts for us. Just, you know, when you come up with cool ideas, we'll post them on the site. Um, and his first project was actually Jacob DeGrom's cleats. Um, so I oh, think wow. his, his top project that he's ever done is, was actually his first pair. Um, oh, and wow. yeah, the, the rest is, fun. yeah, no, the rest is history. The, those cleats went viral and actually auctioned off for over $8,000 for charity. Um, Ooh. and you know, since then Ari has designed, I think over 3000 shoes. Um, wow. so quite a, quite a lot of work since 2020. And, you know, like I said, he's like second in command with staying custom kicks. His, his roles have definitely increased and, um, he does a great job on delivery day videos. You might uh, come across him on, him. on TikTok. Him on. <laughs> he made he turned he he uh, he changed everyone's perception of Max Scherzer. Right, everyone thinks Max is like uh, intimidating guy, which I'm sure he is. You know, but he got he got he he uh, did a, a delivery day video with Scherzer dropping off his cleats, and he looked like a kid in the candy shop. Was super chill, relaxed. Was absolutely loving it. I saw that. I went through that whole rabbit hole yesterday, just going through both of the pages, the stadium kicks and his page. I, I, I was done it for probably at least a half an hour or so. And he was also, he was on MLB network too, right? Or you might, you were with him. Or I yeah. So uh, during the summer we did the all casts, which you know how they have the YouTube like game of the week. So yeah. instead of just that, they did an alternate cast where they had like different guests throughout the game and were not broadcast. They didn't have normal broadcasters. They had, you know, two of the personality, two of the broadcasters from MLB network uh, just doing like, like a podcast style. It was basically like what we're doing now with the game playing on the side. So fans who are watching the game on YouTube could watch the regular broadcast or the alt broadcast. Um, and they had us on in like the fourth inning of the Mariners angels game um i was it was during my season so this was like four hours before the game so i actually just brought my laptop into the press box at the stadium and was on it and ari uh who also who lives in jersey not too far from sakakis um actually got to go in the studio so we, we were on the the broadcast at the same time but ari was in the studio so he had a better setup than i did i saw the pictures it was, it was funny i liked them we may or may not have a few athletes that are obsessed with stadium custom kicks so if uh elevate athletes can ever uh get some sort of deal going with stadium custom kicks we'd love to love to talk about that <laughs> oh absolutely i yeah i have a question and this is totally not even baseball related but i saw that you met bill murray and i just want to like hear i just want to hear about that a little bit because i saw that i was like no way he met bill murray yeah so it actually goes back to 2016 so i'm not sure if he still owns him but he owned um the charleston river dogs it was a it was a yankee single a team in 16 now it's the tampa bay rays um so i remember seeing him in the yeah i remember what'd you say he owned them yeah i think he still owns them but he was in the i remember when we played them he was in the stands and they were making a big deal of it um so uh, like a couple years later this might have been 2018 i was at a saint john's basketball game on campus right and i think his son might have been like the assistant coach at butler or xavier um, so he was in the stands, like a row, a row to the left of me. 
Um, so after the game, I went up to him, was talking to him a little bit, and we were, we were actually talking about minor league baseball because I brought up like, hey, I you know I remember when you were at the game that I was playing in, um, you know, Canapolis first first Charleston, and we we talked for like 10, 15 minutes. Really nice guy, and and um, you know, one of my friends who was with me took a picture of me talking to him. That guy's a legend. Cool. I just like it called my eye. Yeah. That guy is a legend. He's one of the funniest men's alive, I think. Yeah, no, he's great. I feel like he's one of those celebrities who doesn't have like any like hate or controversy. I feel like everyone like everyone loves him. It's like, how could you not? How could you not? Yep. How could you hate a Ghostbuster? Yeah. Who was the coach you played for when you were at St. John's? Uh, head coach manager was uh Blankmar, Ed Blankmar. Yeah, Blankmar. Yeah, he he was he recently retired, right? Yeah, he uh he coached in pro ball with the Mets and then um got a job with the Cubs last year. But then uh, he retired. I think he's actually an adjunct professor back at St. John's now. Um, really? What was one of, like, your uh, most fond St. John's memories? Like, it, it could be a game or, you know, a, a locker room memory or just something that still sticks in your mind today from when, when you played there. Yeah, probably that 2015 year, my junior year. Um, we We were nasty. We were nasty. Like, we – we were top 25 in in the country. Um, but, you know, I think we, we, we could have been any team in the country at that point. Um, you know, we, we lost in the regional championship against um, Arkansas, which had Andrew Benintendi on it. You know, that was, that was a competitive right. game. I, I pitched that game. It was like a, a zero, zero game going into the fifth. Um, and uh, yeah, we were, we were in it to the end. Uh, but that year we had like six or seven guys drafted from that whole team combined. I think like 20 guys got drafted, maybe more. Um, wow. And then and we won the, yeah, we, we won the big East, the tournament and the regular season. So yeah, we, I think we were like 45 and nine or something. I, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, we maybe a 50 wins. Like we, we had a, we had like a 850 winning percentage. We were, we were wow. really, really, really good that year. And then didn't you just post something also that you, that year is getting recognized for something into like the, the St. John's Hall of Fame or something I saw you post the other day? I don't know. I saw that that, that 2015 was getting recognized for something. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just saw it then. You saw, oh, you saw something. Yeah, I don't know. I saw was. something. It was 2015 <laughs> team, but. Sorry. I looked it up. Right. You guys went uh, a 41 and 16, a 719 winning percentage. That is nuts. 14 Seven, and three yeah. in conference. 14 and three. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We, and the team knows how to win. Yeah. No, we had a, we had a really good team that year. Um, and we actually, we actually, the crazy thing is that if you look at our record early on, we might've been, I don't know, off the top of my head, it was a while ago. Let's just say like three and nine or whatever. Like most of our losses were that first week or two in the season. And then we went like 36 and one, like the rest of the year. Wow. Um, yeah, we it's always it's always tough, you know. College baseball starting up this week, pretty exciting uh, yeah. for for you guys who are playing. Yeah, no, no, the um, the, the D two world has been going. We're four and two right now. The, the oh, really? Oh, Tampa yeah. already started. Wow. Yeah, we're awesome. out, um, out now. We, oh, we yeah, some warm weather. You're yeah, you're warm weather. I mean, it, I'm it stuck is... up here in Albany. We haven't even started. We we start on Sunday, so we're all just gnawing at the bits to get after it. Yeah, was it warm there this week? Because on Long Island, it was in the fifties and sixties this week. No, it's it was warm nice right now. It definitely yeah, is warm right now. I think, I think it's like fifty-five. Yeah. It's like a tease though. Like once games start up here, it'll oh, it's gonna drop. Be like twenty, thirty degrees. Yep. Yeah. Every time. Fifty-five. Uh, we're coming up on an hour. Hour here, Alex. This has been amazing. I really appreciate you hopping on. I hope we can even get you on again. It seems like you just have stories that can we can go on and talk about forever. Um, all the listeners give Alex got to follow. Um, this has been great. Uh, stadium kicks, give him a follow. Hopefully we can continue talking in the future about maybe getting some elevate athletes, you know, like a discount code or anything that we can, we can try and connect them because they are, they, when I told some of them that we were having you on today, they were like, please, please ask for me. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll They're try. Sick. They're sick designs. Trust me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Alex, thank you. Do you guys have anything else, Mark or Nico? I'm all good. I appreciate honestly. the time. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, we, thanks we so much, guys. A slight little segment at the end that I, I wanted to do with um, all of our interview uh, 
Earth that we have on is do a scratch off ticket with you. So we have something for the listeners to listen to. And hopefully one time we scratch it off and we all win millions and we can go off and, you know, do something crazy with it. But bonehead moment of the week for Paul, number one is forgetting to bring the scratch off here. So if we do it for our next interview, uh, Alex will give you a shout out. We'll let you know. If we, if His own podcast. It doesn't do the ending <laughs> script. What the hell? I, I, like it was an idea I had. And then I was talking to Mark about like what we were going to do to finish it off and, Complete bonehead. I think we're gonna have it named. I think we're gonna have yeah. it named Paul's bonehead of the bonehead moment of the week as our last have, segment. I have a bunch. <laughs> I, I could tell you guys a bunch. I mean, I was driving into my apartment today, and I didn't. I got a car wash this morning, and I think that they took my my tag to get into the parking garage, so I couldn't even get in until I waited for another car to drive in. I think the the <laughs> car wash people took it, and I'm gonna have to figure out a new one. So. Plenty of bonehead moments of the week for me, but Alex, thanks again for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can we can get something going again soon and have you on the podcast uh, another another time once we circle through a few athletes. Absolutely, yeah, looking forward to it. Cool, thanks, thank Alex. you. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one.